stay at home and protect lives. That's the clear warning from the health secretary, Matt Hancock, who says it's not a request, but an instruction. I folks, quick update for me on the campaign against coronavirus. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. Finding faster ways to test people who may have the virus. After almost three months, all non-essential shops in England, including clothing retailers and department stores, can reopen today if they stick to strict safety measures. Hello and welcome to Corona Chronicles, where in the coming weeks we will attempt to touch base with a wide range of people from all walks of life to talk about how the current situation is impacting them both professionally and personally, as well as offering a cup full of cheer, some top tips and stats, and most importantly to touch virtual base with a cheery hello. And without the need for hand sanitizer, I'm Nick Randall. <laughs> David Courtney is a Grammy-nominated, award-winning, internationally acclaimed songwriter and record producer. During his career, he has sold in excess of 33 million records worldwide and has worked with countless legendary names in music, including Sir Paul McCartney, Hank Marvin, Roger Daltrey, Eric Clapton, David Gilmour, Jimmy Page and so many more. And this is his latest project, Isolation Symphony, an entire album inspired and recorded during lockdown. This is an extraordinary time. It will go down in the history books as one of those moments of true crisis. An extract from Isolation Symphony by David Courtney. Well, David joins me on the line right now. David, welcome to the programme. Take us back to the beginning of lockdown and the original inspiration for Isolation Symphony. Okay, yeah. Hi, Nick. Um, Yes, um, I, uh, like a lot of artists, writers, and they were very inspired by what's happened here. And I I guess, you know, people have got more time on their hands than they would have normally. Mm. However, I have to say, it didn't come as a hard, uh, hard, task for me because i work from home i write a ride at home and i live in an, in an idyllic part of sussex here in the country and i've got beautiful land around me so i really haven't um experienced what a, a, a lot of poor you know people have had to go through when they live in apartments etc sure but what what so as much as i was inspired by that the whole thing of what had happened globally here i i observed all what was what was happening with 
through television and that and um and that's what really inspired me to see what people were enduring here you know with between the lockdown and losing people and this whole thing which has been a life-changing experience and and that's really what inspired me to uh, to do this and i felt um i felt the need to to create uh, something around it and i thought well the best way of expressing myself, obviously, is through music, and and I wanted to help the NHS, and I thought, well, okay, this this can serve a double purpose here. Um, also, uh, I may add that I've always been what I'd like to think of as a conceptual writer. In in that those early albums that I did with Leo and Roger Daltrey and all that, they were all very conceptual, and mm-hmm. I've always been very influenced by the likes of the of the Beatles and 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 Pink Floyd and have worked with McCartney a couple of times and 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 with David Gilmore Pink Floyd so I've had the privilege of doing all that but those that type of style of music and the concept of it all fitted into what this to reflect this journey for people through the lockdown through to uh, isolation and then to eventual liberty you know you on this musical journey through it but but you know with a happy ending which is what we're all looking for at the moment yeah Specifically, this is raising funds for uh, NHS charities battling COVID. Uh, the, the single that you produced. Yeah, the single, all the proceeds from the single are going to the NHS charities together. And I am now about to talk to them about uh, them benefiting also from the album. Um, I'm going to try and work that out some way that they can benefit from that as well. So it's a bit of an ongoing story because they played probably the most major role in all this. And you know, um, it, it just seems right and proper for me to be able to to do that. So um, I will be continuing along that line, you know. Sure. So take us through each track. Obviously, the, the single, as it were, are, are the first three tracks of the album, which are sort of blended or stitched together to make a, a very powerful single. And I, I've got to say, I do I absolutely love what you've done so far. Uh, yeah, talk us through the whole process and uh, the ideas behind the different tracks. Yeah, well, the, the, these tracks, well, the, the 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 track, the first one that you hear on there, lockdown, obviously, is is the one that reflects that 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 moment in time when that happened, and and what I do, I also use some samples from, you know, be it from a news or a speech or something like that, within within these tracks, um, to to give you that theatrical feel of like being there, you know, which yeah, I think really works. The, as I say, the single is a conduced version, so they're edited down these three tracks. But 
well, that, those three tracks are in their full versions on the album, but not in the same order as what you hear in the single, because they they have to be placed almost like um, you're, you're dealing with really basically three movements or three scenes. You know, as I say, you've got your lockdown uh, scene, and then you go into the isolation scene, and then and at the end that the the liberty scene. So each scene or movement, as I call them, uh, consists of three or four songs in each one of those movements. This is an extraordinary time. It will go down in the history books as one of those moments of true crisis. COVID is uh, really been impacting the music industry in, in many ways because it's obviously not restricting you at all. No, it's not restricting me, but I really feel for all, all, the, all the artists out there and bands and all that that really have had, well, certainly the certainly unknown band sector have had their livelihood ripped from beneath their feet with all the ve- you know venues closing and and even the, the you know the big the big artists you know they've had to cancel all their tours, the, the festivals have all had to be cancelled because of crowd gathering so it's really i think what you've got to be viewing here is you know 220 is a bit of a write-off really <laughs> and that everything will rev- revive next year and and look you know uh, it's not like this is the end of days here is it you know this there's there is a future and a light at the end of the tunnel it is all going to come back you know it's just that you know people are going to feel rather bruised from it and yeah. And hopefully a lot will survive through it because, you know, if they, as I say, if they're relying on this as their livelihood, then this is really difficult for them, you know, for artists. You know, theatre, like you've seen what's been going on with theatre. I mean, it really remains to be seen of how this is all going to, you know, what what the result is going to be, I guess. But um as I say, you know, like to, to call in a phrase of, of, of a song that I was uh, co-writer of, the show must go on, you know, and it, and it will. involved or is it very much your own baby 
Yeah, it's it, it's very much my own baby. Although I'm using uh, a, a dear friend of mine that I've worked with many times, a guitarist, wonderful guitarist that you probably would never have heard of, a, a man called Danny Goff. He's going to be doing some of the guitar overdubs for this. Uh, again, it's it's got a sort of a Floydish thing going on about it here, uh, um, Love it. which uh, which is the way that you know uh, that I, I feel the whole the whole thing has come together. So uh, yeah. But really, I would say, yeah, it's really it's it's me in the same way that a man called Michael Cretu created a thing called Enigma. If yes. you remember, where there were a fantastic single and album, Sadness. Um, mm. Yeah, he was the man completely behind all that. So I'd like to think of myself in the same pocket, really. I'm sort of thinking yeah. ethereal landscapes, uh, ethereal musicscapes, if you like. Would that sort of yes, vaguely describe very, it? Mm. Well, yes, but as I said to you, I said to you before, I intercut certain bits of samples from be it a news report or whatever mm. it is that, that fits in with the the uh, the spirit of the of the song in question so that it keeps this theatrical this drama going through it but all the songs are highly commercial there's there's not you're not not dealing with something here that is like way out there that you know <laughs> just noises and stuff like that it's not at all they are it's very commercial my as i said my influences are uh, and always have been the likes of the Beatles and and uh, Pink Floyd and Bowie and Massive Attack and all those things and Moby, you know, so all of that, uh, which we all get influence from each other. But they're the things that I that I uh, tap into and and uh, influence me. So. And then it reflects back in in my writing, you know. So um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you see, yeah. I, I listen to all that stuff. I would listen to like science fiction sound effects and uh, be, be be catapulted through time and space. But I'm a little bit strange in that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular friends of yours you've been chatting to, or people in the industry, and, and uh, what are their stories? What have they been saying to you? Well, they—I um, mean, I spoke to Roger Daltrey a little while ago. You know, he was obviously disappointed because of the tour, and you know, that was going to combine with the release of their new album. That everything was tying into the same, you know, the, the timing of it, which has been the case with with a lot of big artists, Queen, all, all sorts of stuff has, has been, had to be put on the back burner because of it, you know. So um, that, that those guys at that level, but then on other levels, you know, um, 
I was speaking to another great uh, friend of mine the other day, one of probably this country's most underrated singers, a, a guy called Steve Ellis. And um, again, you know, he he's feeling it pretty badly because, you know, he can't get out there and do his his tours and his gigs. And yeah. so, you know, and they can't go in recording studios, although as in saying that, I uh, which was in which is this is interesting, actually, is that when I did those first three tracks and I and I write and record and as a producer, you know, I can program as well. So when I did all the work at home, I've got a studio that I use uh, that's not far from where I live. And obviously I couldn't go there to do the mixing of those tracks. So we did it remotely. I would send the, the, the files to the engineer. He would put it together and mix it and then fly it back to me, and then I would, uh, you know, listen to it and say, oh, I'll change this and change that, or this, increase this level, or whatever it would be. And and that's how we did it, and that's how we arrived at those three tracks. The, luckily enough, now since completing the writing and recording of the album uh, and the the e easement on the lockdown has, has happened, so I'm now going to be allowed to go in there next week and sit, <laughs> albeit two <laughs> meters away from him, and uh, and do it there in person. So uh, and doing some guitar overdubs and things like that. So oh, um, so yeah. So so that that's a help, you know, because although it's worked great on the remote level, and and it's wonderful that technology can play this part and things now that you could never do before. Um, uh, it's it's still nothing like being there and that goes for whether it's a football match or a concert mm. i think you know it, it's it's being there because it's the vibe of humanity around you it's mm. that that's what drives you you know that's what otherwise life can become very sterile if yeah. you just carry on with this remote uh, remoteness of that we've all gone through you know no i mean i completely agree with you but what is interesting is that we there is so much that clearly we can do remotely but we probably didn't realize we could do to such an extent i mean people are now talking about working from home permanently after all this is over yeah absolutely i i, I and i do i've i've pointed out uh, that the fact that as Although isolation in itself has been a has been a very negative thing and bad experience, in the same way is actually the isolation has brought people together. Yeah, it's irony really because what you've seen go on, you know, with the likes of again technology with Zoom and Skype and all these, you know, they've all come into play now. They're uh, allowing people to and FaceTime to communicate with each other, albeit not in the flesh, but it has brought people together and they've become more united and you know it's almost like you feel like you're living in one through one of these movies one of these sci-fi movies you know which you've seen before on on the on the screens yeah where all these sort of things happen and um you know it it's also revealed the the fact that that um not only have people come together but they uh uh, they, you know, they become united because they've been under threat by an uh, an, an invisible enemy here, yeah. albeit a virus, or it could have been an attack from another planet. You know, we <laughs> that's the thing that's brought us together because yeah. we've got a global united experience here. This yes. is not a country against another country. Yeah. It's against an invisible enemy, but it could easily have been an alien race. Oh, I'm totally coming. with you. you know, I'm on, I love the aliens. You know, you, you, you're exactly, yeah, well, me too. I've been a big... <laughs> big follower of ufology from oh, from right. way back but um 
Yeah, you know, so you feel like, you know, that's happened. And the other thing that, uh, that came about is because of of people not being able to go out and drive their cars and all these other things, the pollution level dropped. Absolutely. So suddenly nature comes back in mm. and you've got dolphins coming into the canals in Venice mm. and that. I mean, and animals in the streets. And it's, Apparently. you almost feel like it's something almost biblical. Yeah. <laughs> biblical intervention. The world needed to have the stop button pushed. You yeah, know? no, totally. I mean, apparently the ozone hole has closed completely and the Loch Ness so Monster's you... turned up again. Sorry, has he really? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who um, knows? Listen, we, we don't know, but you do feel that. I mean, you do yeah. feel that. And, and look, one hopes that, all right, as bad as this has been, and it's been a terrible thing, but... You'd like to think that it's been a bit of a wake-up call and that the world will be changed because of this, but in a very positive way. So, um, and like the NHS, you wouldn't want suddenly people to go revert back to that. Well, it's it's there. It's just there when you need it. Yeah. When you see what major part they've played in this whole thing, you know, really, you don't want people to forget this. Another sort of side question about your career, because I've been reading up about you. Uh, you're Grammy, oh. Grammy-nominated, award-winning, internationally oh. acclaimed songwriter, record producer. Um, I think yeah. you've um, something like 30 million global record sales. But I'll, I'll, yeah. but I'll have links yeah. to you in the last uh, three decades. And you worked yeah. with Eric Clapton, Hank Marvin, who, of course, we've had on our show before. And you created Leo Sayer out in a laboratory. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like incredible. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a long journey next since a, being a kid of 14, starting a band at school, leaving school shortly afterwards, and then I've never looked back. You know, it's been my life and career, and I've been blessed with being able to, to learn from being a from being a mere drummer mm. to becoming a composer and a producer and working with. Well, all the guys that were really my heroes as a kid growing up, um, including the likes of Hank. Yeah. You mentioned Hank. I was in partnership with his uh, original drummer, Tony Meehan, at one oh, time. And, amazing. So, yeah, you know, uh, so it's been, yeah, and working with heroes like Paul McCartney and totally. uh, and David Gilmore and all these yep. guys, you know, it's yep. been it's been a wonderful journey. And of course, you've written uh, hits as well. You wrote hits for Dollar and Odyssey. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> It's well, the, 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 the dollar bit was uh, there, there. You go. That was my inspiration from ufology, following ufology that inspired Shooting Star. That's what that was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that all came about. All, albeit that it arrived at a form of a pop record, it um, it certainly kicked home and it was a hit. You know, so I was thrilled for them and thrilled for me. You know, so uh, yeah, and it got it got that it got that out of me. You know, and and that's never left me. To be honest with you, I've always been a big follower of it so um i don't want people to think of me as the musical version of david ike but, uh, <laughs> oh my God. But, uh, where did that but, come from <laughs> uh, no exactly 
but um, but I'm certainly uh, yeah. I've got you know my my beliefs and all of that. So oh, um, well. yeah. So there you go. And I would yeah. also suggest more than a little bit of talent as well, uh, as well as uh, a lot of um, perspiration and whatever else you're supposed to have to to make it mm. big. <laughs> Yeah, it's as I say, it's it's been a fantastic. Well, I've had such wonderful opportunities and got a great grounding right from that very very early days. You know, of playing in a band, doing the Germany thing, uh, playing in in what was the most elite club in London for mu- music artists called Bag the Bag of Nails, where the audience every night were the beat made up from the Beatles, the Kinks, the Walker Brothers, the Rolling Stones. That they, they was the audience every night, and I was 16 years of age mm-hmm. as a drummer in the band playing to the likes of these people. So my grounding was quite extraordinary, yeah. and um, and you know to stay stay the course uh, and keep going and and have success along the way as well. You know, you really I can't. I can't ask for anything more, oh. really. It's been it's been a real dream. That's just I've wonderful. I've lived the dream. You've, lived, lived, the, the dream. you've lived the dream. Uh, but there's a nice nod to Adam Faith here, isn't there? Is, is, this album is dedicated yeah. to him because you worked with yeah, uh, on well, a very successful album, uh, I Survive. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I, he he was my employer one time, and in that band, we became the replacement band for the Roulettes back in the sixties. Oh, Sugar and, Baby Love, and then yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, that was the Roulettes. Oh, the Roulettes! Uh, <laughs> no, this is the Roulettes. Oh, I the do apologise. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they were a great band, I have to say. Russ Ballard, who became, you know, Argent with Rod Argent and all that, and wrote God Gave Rock and Roll to You and all that. He was in the, he was one of the leaders of the Roulettes. Mm. And so, um, yeah, and so Adam, uh, he was our employer. And then him and I became very close, even for me as um, nine years younger. Mm. So, we stayed great friends right up to the day he died. We were like almost like brothers, really. And um, we went into business together. We managed Leo together. We produced him, you know, all of those things. And um, when he had that horrific car accident in 1974, I, uh, I, which he was a bit touch and go there, I encouraged him to do an album because he hadn't recorded for many years. And that's where I Survive came from. Right. Uh, of inspiring him to do that album so we we wrote that album and together and that's when i first worked with paul mccartney because he came with linda and sang on one of the songs and played a synthesizer on another one of the oh, tracks that's so, wonderful uh, yeah yeah oh, so it sounds like, like such a happy rewarding time and it's still going strong sure. with its forthcoming album it's forthcoming album and yeah. and the other thing at the end of the year is i'll be bringing out my autobiography which you'll have a lot of these stories right. never been told before and uh, and i'll be releasing another ep to go with that as well with some other new songs that are, that are nothing to not conceptual but uh, you know but 
sort of relate to the uh, to the book, of which mm-hmm. is going to be called "Oh What a Life," which oh, was one of the well. songs one of the songs I wrote with Leo, which was a bit of a throwaway song, but a brilliant title. And I thought, well, it says everything Absolutely. to me. You know, so. We have to get you back on board uh, when that comes sure. out. <laughs> whenever you like, whenever Fantastic. you want. Fantastic. So, of course, proceeds to this initial single and some of the album as well. It's going to go to NHS Charities. Give us a bit more information about that and where we can purchase the music. Yeah, well, certainly where the single is concerned, um, you'll be able to purchase that through all major digital stores, you know, Amazon, iTunes, um, all all of those, uh, Google Play. And um, and it's for... uh, a cost of 99p. <laughs> not bad like, at all. Not bad, really. When you think of the work that's gone involved here. But <laughs> listen, 99p. Let's get lots and lots of 99ps, and we're you know help the NHS. I don't. I don't predict for one second that I'm going to be able to reach what Major Tom did or whatever. Yeah. But um, I'm certainly <laughs> going to do my bit. I'm doing my bit. Anyway. Oh well, that's 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 just so commendable. But you're using your artistic nouns, as it were, to uh, you know make money. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And I think sure. there are a lot of projects like this happening around the country. Just, to, you know, yeah. people want to help, don't they? Well, there you go. Look, if anything, Nick, it restores your faith in humanity, Absolutely. all of this. That's what that's the good part that comes out of it. Absolutely. This. And that's a lovely way to end this interview. Listen, David, thank you so much. I'm so very much looking forward to Isolation Symphony. Fabulous. Great. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, again go to the very lovely David Courtney. The single from Isolation Symphony is now available on all online platforms with the album coming out later in the year. And for any further information on Master Courtney, please direct yourself to davidcourtney.co.uk. That's davidcourtney.co.uk. And now before we go, here's the latest corona-related world news dated the evening of Saturday, June the 27th, 2020, as we're recording. Travel companies say holiday bookings have exploded after the government announced current restrictions will be eased. Ministers said from the 6th of July, blanket restrictions on non-essential overseas travel will be relaxed in the UK. Holidaymakers will be allowed to travel to certain European countries without having to spend 14 days in quarantine upon their return. The list of travel corridors within the UK is due to be published next week and is expected to include Spain, France, Greece, Italy, the Netherlands, Finland, Belgium, Turkey, Germany and Norway, but not Portugal or Sweden. It comes as it was announced the further 100 people had died from the virus in the UK, with a further 890 people testing positive as of the 27th of June. The Chief Minister of India's capital, Delhi, has said the speed at which the coronavirus has spread has severely challenged its health system. Arvind Kejriwal said a surge in cases in early June had led to a shortage of hospital beds and rising fatalities. Delhi is now the country's worst hit area, with about 73,000 recorded cases of COVID-19 and at least 2,500 deaths. More than 500,000 COVID cases have been recorded across the country. About 15,000 people have died so far after testing positive. 
And finally, the Red Arrows have performed a fly-past in Scarborough for Armed Forces Day. The Hawk jets took to the skies above the coastal town in North Yorkshire, which had planned to host an event that was cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Queen and the Prime Minister Boris Johnson led tributes to veterans and serving military personnel. The Defence Secretary praised the force's professionalism, commitment and versatility during the pandemic. The Hawk jets flew over the Army's Catterick Garrison, RAF Leeming, and the town of Scarborough. Normally events are held across the country, but the coronavirus lockdown has caused most celebrations to move online this year. And that includes this weekend's Gay Pride celebrations and Glastonbury. And that's for news. Well, that's it for this edition. If you want to email us about anything at all, uh, the address is coronachronicleshow at gmail.com. So, this is Nick Randall saying, take care and look after yourselves. Goodbye. Goodbye.